ghosts. Got two cribs and two states. I be doing the most. I got white folks' money that I won't blow. And if you ask why, cause the white folks don't. Big bank tight, low buy, buy. Big bank tight, low buy, buy. The type of money you gon' need to sight. The type of money you gon' need to buy. From the hood, this type of money make you stay away. Type of money she gon' let you put it in the fight. Big bank tight, low buy, buy. Big bank tight, low buy. Everything proper, no propaganda. Chopper counter, go yard, bandana. Big sack, a lot of hoes like Santa. Through a birthday party in a phantom. Big shit like a dinosaur did it. Big shit like a dinosaur did it. How good is the rap game? You can literally rap about anything and make millions. Big bank, take little bank. I thought that that tune could become the theme song for 2023. With everything that is going on out there at the moment, banks collapsing, you log into your KiwiSaver, oh God. It's not a New Zealand bank, but it certainly impacts that. Your Sharesies account's not looking too good. You jump onto your Bitcoin account, oh, that's gone up a bit. The gold people are piling into the building that I'm in where you can get some gold, and the price of gold is going up too. So, We're in a shaky old time, but you already knew that because we always talk about that and we've been getting you ready for the environment that we're in. But shit, it is just bizarre how much is going on out there at the moment. And I was lucky enough to go away for a stag do uh, on the weekend and it was quite hard to keep up with all the different things that were going on in terms of around the world. But it looks like Credit Suisse needed to be bailed out of trouble as well. I guess it's got a lot of us worried about, oh, could this happen in New Zealand? And I just can't answer anything with any confidence uh, these days because it seems like anything could happen. But back to the stag do, because that's what you want to hear about. The cool story on the way down, couldn't believe me luck. Who did I get to sit next to on the plane? You're fucking joking. Adrian Orr, the Reserve Bank Governor-General who sets the interest rates, who a number of you are throwing darts at this year. Not happy about the fact that he's raising the rates trying to fix inflation. You've heard Mikey and I talking about him before. I couldn't believe it. Usually, I select my seat and I sit relatively close to the front. I try to carry, uh, just have carry-on bags, have a backpack and a small bag for when I go away. And it was only a couple of days, so no need to check anything on. And sitting near the front so that I can get off quite quickly, uh, if need be, if I'm going for a meeting, which I was. And often, as you know, flights can be delayed. Now, I logged on and went to, to sort my flights. And interestingly, I'd booked a flight later in the afternoon as well, originally. But then I secured some work in the mount and really cool clients. So I went down to help out with that. So I changed my flight to this morning flight and I went to check in and I was like, oh, weird, I'm sitting in row 14 or something. And I thought, oh, I'll change that, I'll move to the front and I'll be able to get off faster if I need. And then I was like, oh, actually, I think on those small planes from Auckland to the Mount, the door might be at the back. See, when you talk about increasing your time and your efficiency, these are the things you start to learn about. Fucking ugly and geeky, isn't it? Anyway, I thought you know what, I'll, I'll leave it, I'll sit there, and anyway, I see Adrian Orr in the Kuro Lounge, I'm like, oh shit, should I get a selfie with him, poor guy, looks like he's just trying to enjoy his breakfast, I don't need to be that guy, I won't do it, anyway, line up for the plane, hadn't seen him since, and jump on the plane, 
put the bag up in the bloody thing, look down, I'm like, oh, yeah, bloody joking. So I sit down, and I said, hey, go, mate. And he was about to, uh, he was doing a Sudoku, actually, having a bit of uh, his own time. He's like, yeah, 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 good, good, good. And I said, mate, I'm really sorry, but I love economics, so I'm about to chew your ear off for the next 35 minutes. And he sort of looked at me, and I think he was a bit like, oh, fuck, are you serious? Like, A, you look like a dickhead. B, you probably are a dickhead. And C, what are you talking about, you dickhead? But this dickhead won him over, and we got 35 minutes of great chat, which was pretty uh, insightful, interesting, and fun. Um, But we spoke about things, and a lot of that chat, in an environment like that, I uh, will respect his, um, not privacy, but his, um, his openness with me. So I probably won't talk too much about the things that we spoke about. A number of things were just general kind of economics chat that, you know, you've heard Mikey and I talking about, for instance, or myself talking about. Uh, but, you know, he, he was pretty happy to give me some opinions on just different things. And I was asking, like, how do these things work? And what about that? And do we need to be worried about this and stuff? And, and he, was, uh, he was covering ground. And he did say to me, don't throw me under, under the bus on your podcast. I'm like, I think we might have already done that. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll respect that. And we just had a, a conversation like a couple of, of geeks. And, yeah, it was uh, it's just bizarre that I was, A, going to be on a different flight, B, going to change my seat, and I didn't. And of all the, the people you could be sitting by on the plane. Now, interestingly for you guys too, is that quite early in the Keep the Change journey, I tried to get... Uh, Adrian or on for a podcast and it was like basically mid-COVID, mid-lockdown and I know a contact who's quite well connected and he said to me I'll try for you, nothing much was happening and eventually I kind of got a a response from uh, basically like a guard dog effectively like a layer saying you know why, who's this guy, what's he doing and and, and what does he want to speak about and so it it never amounted to anything but I genuinely believe in, and I know some of you may not, I don't know if, what, what you want to call it, but it's like the law of attraction, all of that stuff, whatever you want to term it, I just believe that if you put something out to the world, then if you keep focusing on that, eventually the energy that you put into that will help ensure that it comes back towards you. Now, you may not believe that at all, and that's completely sweet, but I've seen this so many times, to the point where I've thought, fuck, do I have some sort of different like thing that other people don't, where I might be thinking about a client, I'll then open my computer and they've emailed me or they've messaged me on Messenger. And this happens all the time for me when I'm in a highly vibrating, creative flow zone so this one took a long time to really get close to my target if we want to use those words Uh, but I honestly even if you don't believe it like practice it but practice it for good and this is I think what happens for so many people when they use it but they use it the wrong way and because our brains as we know we're always focusing on the negative right so we're always thinking about negative shit and then eventually it happens so now, when I think of negative stuff, I'm like, fuck, I really want to stop thinking about that because that is just not what I want to be attracting back towards me or I don't want to be seeing that, so then just be very careful. And so now, for instance, if I watch 
like really negative shit or like murder type stories, I'm like, oh fuck, this is really yuck. Like I don't even know if I want to be consuming this, uh, but sometimes I'll sort of force myself to go through those things. So just be mindful like how maybe you're even practicing this yourself, but in a bad direction. And that could be, as an example, your finances that because you've got a credit card, you focus on paying the minimum and then try to pay it down or you buy now, pay later. Here's my minimum payment. So then that's what you're going to focus on. Okay, how can I achieve that? But if someone said to you, why do you need it? Why don't you just have a 10 grand buffer in your bank? Oh, oh fuck, that's, you know, <laughs> come on, mate, that's impossible. But if that's what you focused on and you just put all of your energy and attention into trying to figure out how to do that and taking action to get towards that, you'd actually end up doing it and then realize like, oh, that is doable because I was focusing on trying to do it. And I think that this is often how people in sport achieve a lot of shit because they just focus on what they want to achieve for a very long time and continue to put energy and practice into making it happen. And then we're all like, oh my God, that's amazing. We watch them for 30 seconds achieve their event and great. And we forget that there's actually decades or years of thinking, execution, physicality, mental spend, mental rent aimed towards making this happen, meeting with people that can help them do it, figuring out the skills they need, refining themselves, stretching. But nah, we're like, that doesn't work for me. Nah, I could never have 10 grand in my bank account. What are you, that's for, uh, that's for other people, not for me. So maybe the lesson there is to be mindful of the things that you're thinking about. And you've probably heard me talk about before, you know, I take some of this shit to quite to the extreme. So for a long time, I was writing down my goals every single day. And I still do that um, to, to a pretty high degree. I'd say I do 80% of the days I write down three things I'm grateful for every day. So I'm retraining my mind, go back to the pot, go back to the positive. And you know, there might be days where things aren't happening for me or I'll go down, my brain will be taking me to, to weird paths and then I catch it and I'm like, fuck you doing, man? I'm like, no, goals, big stuff. Oh, how'd that guy build a building? Oh, there's a helicopter. Jeez, how do they do that? That's exciting. How do they make sense of filling that thing out? wonder what it costs. How do they afford to pay for a pilot? And you just get your brain to then move back towards like bigger thinking instead of yuck minuscule oh what if I didn't do that or did I leave the door unlocked or shit you know what if something bad happens and and worry 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 because 90% of the things that we worry about today are the things that we worried about yesterday so we know that our brain's just going to keep doing that and 80% of all that shit's going to be negative as well so we've got to try and build in ways to flip it back the other way now also whilst on the stag do I bumped into a couple of people that listen to keep the change in the Mount Monganui area how good is that? It is pretty cool to see and hear from people that are learning and want to stop for a quick yarn. It's pretty bloody awesome. So I uh, enjoyed that as well and got to yeah fly back. And then I've been yeah getting my head back into just some work and stuff over the last couple of days and then back into the office so I can finally record last week's podcast. But one thing from my chat with Adrian Orr that was quite cool for me is that he was asking about the work that I do and, and why was I going to the mount and I said, look, you know, I'm in this situation going to help rebuild some foundations out or put them in place to give a business owner a lot of clarity so that they can move faster through their decision making and potentially hire 
and et cetera, et cetera, and then sort of how I was going to do that and trying to, I've already done some pre-work to try and figure out where the gaps could be so I could speed up this process. And he thought that was amazing, which is pretty cool because, you know, he, part of his role is to see what's happening in that employment space. And we want to see jobs get created, for instance, and jobs usually get created in an area where there's a demand for people to be doing things in that space. So I was trying to help a business owner go from just themselves running around the clock, doing absolutely everything to, hey, how do we stop? And we've got to do something different and we're going to have to add in some people and figure out how big you want that to be and think about all those sorts of things. So he thought that was quite impressive and it's cool to have a chat between someone who's operating at a really high level of setting the conditions that we are in and then me playing in the game inside the conditions and teaching to then create some of the outcomes that they're actually trying to set at a higher level, albeit they are trying to increase unemployment at the moment. But anyway, um, and I did, uh, I did actually say to him, because the GDP data came out at the back end of last week, and I said, oh, GDP data was low, like that was another thing that you had to be obviously working through. And he didn't seem like too phased by that or even some of the stuff that was going on in the banking space. Um, so I got the sort of sense that they're fairly confident, you know, these things aren't uh, a big deal. But I said, oh, you, d- you are trying to engineer that recession anyway, so <laughs> it's probably no surprise to you. And I think he found that joke relatively funny, probably like three out of ten laughter on a scale of uh, is that funny or not. Uh, but admittedly as well, he, he looked uh, tired or he just looked like he was ready to he was ready to have a break basically. And I always make, a I think, a, a point where even if you don't like a politician or people, remember they're a fucking human at the end of the day, right? And they probably don't like half the shit that they have to do too. So remember when Mike and I did a podcast about you know uh, Jacinda Ardern retiring, I said, what's one thing you'd say to her if you saw her on the street tomorrow? Like my brain always gravitates with humans to be like, hey, look after yourself, hey? Because even if people do or don't like you, there ain't fucking many people like you. And we still need them. So... Yeah, you're probably not going to be liked by a lot of people, but you're going to be liked by some people, but someone's going to have to do your job. And if there aren't many of those people to do those things, then I don't know, what does the country, what does the world look like when people don't want to step into those roles? So I made a very clear point to say to Mr. Orr, hey, you know, make sure you look after yourself because that's important. And that's important for absolutely every single one of us. And part of looking after yourself includes putting your hand up if you need a hand. Now this week's Money Mail is a bit of a culmination of we've been talking about some things that are going wrong and, and whatnot and then I spoke to you briefly about you know put your hand up and say hey can someone help me and then it sort of dawned on me we've never actually done an episode on where do we go for help? Who do we speak to? And given that there are a number of people struggling financially that is going to be needed by people. And that number is increasing. So as we know, nearly 12% of Kiwis are currently behind on their debt repayments, personal loans, credit cards, buy now, pay later, etc. The tough news is that inflation isn't going anywhere and therefore neither are high interest rates. This week we learned that food prices rose 1.5% in February from January. They are now 12% higher than a year ago. So it's fucking dear to pay your debt back, to pay your interest back, to pay your mortgage back, to buy food, 
and you're getting cranked by tax as well because we're getting dragged up through the tax brackets and inflation is eating into the money that we're earning. So this is the highest food rate inflation since 1989, according to Statistics New Zealand. Now, higher interest rates haven't truly bitten yet. Now, there's over $120 billion of mortgage debt due to roll from old cheaper rates to more current rates this year. 50% of this debt won't be repriced until the second half of this year. What that means is that there's still a stack of debt that needs to be rolled over or repriced from a current cheaper rate than what other people are getting to a new higher rate. Now, all of these factors make it even harder to clear debt and get on top of arrears because obviously as interest rates go up, your disposable income is now paying down more of the interest than the debt. Now, even if you don't have a mortgage, but your buy now, pay later, or your credit card, or your car loan expenses, if those things are on a variable interest rate that's changing all the time, when you're trying to repay it and you're behind, the debt is spiraling faster and the interest is racking up and you're struggling to pay it because you don't have as excess amount of cash anymore because you're spending it on food and the necessities to start with, right? So it makes it harder to get on top of arrears. Now, for some reason, it can be really hard for us Kiwis to ask for help. That seems to be something we've mastered, not asking for help. Probably not something we should be proud of, right? A lot of people will feel helpless or even embarrassed about their debt levels, so they will simply bury their heads in the sand. Now, you know and I know that this is very true, right? And I saw the lads from Lighthouse Financial talking about this on their clip on socials about how often they'll do a mortgage for someone. Mike and the mortgage team will do it. And the uh, partner, uh, the two partners will be sitting down. So boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, and or wife and wife, etc. All those terms these days, please, I'm not trying to not include anyone. Fucking don't send me an email and say I'm not inclusive and I'm an asshole or something. But people will sit down to have a conversation about their mortgage and someone, uh, they will say, hey, you know, any credit card debt, etc. And be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a couple of grand, eh? Well, yeah, well, they actually don't say the limit. They say, oh, yeah, we, we sort of always meet the, meet the repayments, eh? And often one person will be in the dark to what's happening for the other person. And I think often it just comes back to that embarrassment of you come together in a relationship and now you've got to say to someone, you know what, I've, I've got a 15 grand uh, credit card that I'm working through. Or 30 grand vehicle bill that I'm repaying because I wrote it off and I've still got to repay it or yeah I've got uh, five grand worth of buy now pay later stuff to sort out and it probably is embarrassing for us I don't I don't know why like what's happening there because we all say we don't care about like we love buy now pay later like all those things right but then why do then we get embarrassed about it when we come to a relationship it must be because it's that comparison thing right where we're worried are we going to get rejected by what they say about that? Are they going to be like, well, I've got you know, no debt, so what the fuck have you been doing? Or we naturally compare ourselves to others, right? So that is very, very common. And I think it makes it hard to have those conversations uh, with each other. And I even know that with my girlfriend, that through this podcast, she has said to me a couple of times, uh, or specifically once I remember being like, oh, okay, it made me re- like understand what, you've got going on financially because we keep things a little bit separate uh, because we've both come from different backgrounds and yeah, 
we both had assets and stuff before we got together, and I'll do a pod on that, and I'm actually recording one tonight with a lawyer around uh, contracting out agreements and stuff like that. So we're going to talk more about this stuff coming up as well. But I think it's time to start asking our mates, you know, how are you doing finance-wise with everything going on? We need to start breaking this thing down one week at a time or one fucking conversation at a time. You know, it's no different to the whole are you okay movement when that pops up. And I have a really good friend and highly regarded CEO and he's like, I hate that are you okay thing because naturally most Kiwis are like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, I'm a good A. And that's the end of the convo. So that's why I've shaped this one to be how are you doing finance-wise with everything going on? That's better than saying, you know, do you need any help with your money? No, 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 I'm all good, man. No, I think I've got everything under control, eh? Oh, okay. So we've got to try and have these conversations by asking questions that are going to help us understand what's going on for other people so that we can break this down a little bit. Now, these brave conversations don't start themselves, of course. And that's where I think you'll probably still get lied to by the odd person. And I have some sympathy for people in that situation who will lie because I've done it before where you're too proud to just be like, well, actually, I've got all this shit going on. And you just then don't or you do say the old, no, no, I think I'm all good. eh? I've got it all covered. But often there are all these places that we can turn to that are not related to us, therefore it's transactional, they're literally sitting there waiting for us to call, they want to call someone, uh, sorry, to be called, they often, they're being asked to call other people by a family member ringing saying, can you please try and help my family member, and when you literally put your hand up to some of these organisations or places that you can go to, to say, hey, I'd love to get some help, they love people who are going to take action, right? So in here, I reached out, oh, sorry, I uh, have added a number of links to places that you can reach out to. And the good news is there are quite a number of organizations in New Zealand specifically designed to help people out who are struggling. Christians Against Poverty, oh, I fucking hate Christians, I'm not going to ring them. Get your ego in check. Really? Should it, there's like, who cares? If someone's going to help you, if you were fucking hanging off the edge of a cliff and someone reached to grab you and they were like, I believe in Jesus, you're like, oh no, sorry, actually, I'll just wait for the next person to come along. So who gives a fuck if it's Christians against poverty and you think, oh, I don't really like Christianity or something. You know, this is obviously what they believe in is putting their time, their resources and funds into helping people who are struggling. So try and leave a little bit of the old ego at the door and just figure out where can I get some help? The next one is Citizens Advice Bureau. Bureau spelled B-U-R-E-A-U. So you can Google these. CAP, Christians Against Poverty, uh, Citizens Advice Bureau. But I've put the articles in the money mail if you want to have a look. There's also moneytalks.co.nz. I found Good Shepherd and they've got a debt solution. And then I also found a Commerce Commission article around dealing with typical situations, borrowing money and buying on credit, what to do if you're struggling with debt. You know, so there are resources out there. Then, of course, I've missed someone off, Debt Fix as well. So they've been in touch this week, being like, hey, we should be catching up for a chat. I'm like, oh, geez, I, now I know I've probably just offended you, so you're thinking, why wouldn't we go on the list? But I don't probably need to have that phone call. But Debt Fix, 
is another that is out there. So there are a number of free to call 0800 numbers and sometimes making that call is the catalyst to changing your entire financial future. Now the brain often sees making the decision as just as rewarding as achieving the outcome. So what that means is that if you genuinely get in touch with one of these crews and say, I need help, I'm sick of this, I need a plan, please can you help me, your brain is probably going to re- uh, receive a serious, serious amount of relief that you didn't even realize was possible and probably going to be very similar to the day that you actually clear your buy now, pay later or the situation that you've got yourself in. This is literally the work that I do with clients in the business space where we help them build a plan to achieve what it is that they want. So it's usually at the other end. It's right. We've got something here. How do we maximize it and figure out how to do that? And people say, shit, it's good to have this clarity and to actually have a plan of what I need to do. So we love this stuff, but often we can bury our head in the sand because it's obviously scary to you know reach out and get that help, right? So getting out of debt can be a real positive as you have to become someone you currently aren't. Now, that sounds deep, but I actually think it's probably the simplest to understand but best line in this email. So to get out of debt, it's going to be very positive for you as you have to become someone you currently are. So if you are in debt and you have been for some time and you are struggling, you're choosing to stay there and therefore you either don't know how to do it or you don't want to. But to get out of debt, you either have to figure out how to do it, so you've got to become someone different, so that person B knows how to get out of debt, and then person D, compared to person, no, B to D, yeah, anyway, you're going to have to then do the doing, if like, so if you already know how to get out of debt, you're like, oh, you know, it doesn't really, you know, I already know, or like, then you need to figure out why aren't you doing it, so then you've got to become the person who does it, that is brilliant, because you can literally watch yourself become someone else. And when we do that, we get to collect the certificate for doing that. And I'm not talking chuck it up on the wall. I'm talking you're collecting skill sets that build confidence for you of, huh, I was 10 grand maxed out on a credit card and now I'm not. And that's why people like telling those stories and sharing those journeys to become debt free and things like that because they know internally, fuck, I had to become somebody who I wasn't, and this did something for me internally. So if you are in debt or struggling, to get to a point where you're not anymore could be the best thing that you ever do in your life because you're literally going to learn a whole set of skills that are transferable to other areas of your life. And this is all growth, and you're going to become more valuable, and you can apply this shit to other areas of your life or Reach te- reteach other people around you. So you have to make a commitment to sort this and then change habits and apply discipline to get to the other side. And as we know, changing habits and applying discipline is really, really hard. That's why it's really, really valuable to do this stuff. So the buy now, pay later credit cards, finance providers, you know, are very, very good at convincing us to take on debt. And we have been in a world of very cheap and easy to access credit. But eventually, 
you're going to want to break that cycle and realize that you are the product. I will tell you again, if you're using buy now, pay later, you are the product. They're encouraging you to spend more, to go beyond your means, and you're thinking that you're learning all this stuff about finance and budgeting and whatnot, but there's a high chance for most people that their buy now, pay later credit limit is higher than their savings balance. Now that's fucked up, right? So these places have created such good marketing and colors and psychology for the brain that it's just the thing to do and it's so smart and we should do it. But we know deep down, well, like really, do I need to be doing this? And they are turning you into the product. Now, their amazing credit solutions are helping us live beyond our means or spend tomorrow's earnings. That's not how we want to live forever, is it? Like maybe it is for you. And okay, that's cool. Like if it is, but I know when I was doing that shit, I hated repaying it. And I didn't want to do that forever. And this is why I tidied up some of my, well, most of my stuff because I knew, I was like, fuck, they're just using me. Like I thought I was using them to my advantage. Oh, interest free payments, man, so good. Really, as soon as you start getting behind or you get that next card fee or you buy something you didn't want, then you realize mm, they're using you. And eventually, you're playing with Russian roulette with these products. They'll usually win. So of course, debt can be useful in some circumstances, but for a lot of Kiwis right now, they are behind on repayments and can't invest, save, plan for their future because they're paying off debt from decisions of the past. We've spoken about that too. Where when you're repaying debt, you can't use that to invest into different things. And how do I know these things? Because I did them all. The scary thing is that when things get tight, one thing to go is investing for the future and contributing to retirement via KiwiSaver. I spoke about this on a recent pod with Rupert from Kura Wealth, where I said, I stopped contributing to my KiwiSaver to help clear my credit card. And on the other side of that, so during that time, I couldn't invest, or I didn't invest. And on the other side of it, I was like, ah, I'll set that back up. But I didn't, and it gave me time out of the market. And that's silly, because say it's, two years or even three of not contributing, by the time I start contributing again, or if I had have been contributing through that time, that compound effect of what that would be worth is massive in the future. So my 65-year-old self is going, what are you doing with that 15 grand credit card that you're going to have to end up repaying and eventually not be able to contribute to KiwiSaver? I'm probably going to need that coin, brother. What the fuck are you thinking? But in the moment, you're not. You're living for today, aren't we? We're making decisions for today rather than the future and it can be hard to get back on track. So, simple. Ask for help. Make a plan. Stick to the plan. Execute over time. Become a new person in the process. Learn your skills. Progress. That's literally what I've done with my credit card cycle. I asked for help. I made a plan. I stuck to the plan. I executed over time. I became a new person in the process. I learned new skills. I progressed. And now I'm teaching some of those back. So I asked my brother for for help. He That was the catalyst of, okay, I need to sort this. Built a plan how I was going to do it. I had excess savings, uh, excess in my budget, so I could then clear that debt down. I had to stick to it. It took ages. I executed over time. I had to learn how to live off of less money and not use it anymore. And I had to then figure out, oh, there's a balance credit transfer system that I could use. 
So I did that. So I learned some new skills and I made progress. And then I thought, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. So you've got this and you can do it too. Now I asked ChatGPT, is there anyone that someone in New Zealand struggling with debt can contact for some help and support? And they said, well, the ChatGPT robot said, the New Zealand government's Money Talks helpline. This free service offers confidential financial advice and support. They can provide information on budgeting, debt management and their debt relief options. The Money Talks helpline can be reached by phone at 0800-345-123 or text 4029 or through their website. Citizens Advice Bureau. This is a community-based organisation that provides free advice on a wide range of topics including financial issues. They have offices throughout New Zealand and their website offers online advice and resources. Financial Mentors New Zealand. This non-profit organisation offers free financial mentoring services to individuals and families in New Zealand. Their trained mentors can provide guidance on budgeting, debt management and financial planning. Now since doing this, someone's reached out and said, hey, do you want me to get you in touch with one of those and see if we can get them on the pod? So that's exactly what I'm doing as well. Sorted.org.nz. This is a government-backed website that offers free resources and tools for managing money and debt. It includes budgeting calculators, debt repayment planners and guides on debt management. The New Zealand Federation of Family Budgeting Services. This organisation provides free budgeting advice and support through a network of local budgeting services. Their website offers a directory of local services and resources. So I asked the robot to research the internet for me and compare it to what I had come up with. And our lists were a little bit different. But it just shows you that there's even more resources out there than what you thought. Now the cool thing when you ring or speak to one of these agencies is that it's not someone judging you. It's not, oh, you fucking idiot, how'd you do, oh, what were you thinking? What were you thinking racking that up? Oh, how'd you not get insurance on that car that you're now repaying back? Oh, what a bloody goose. You know, they are trained counsellors to a degree. They, they, they know what's not going to work in terms of a conversation compared to what is right. And often you might share, classic New Zealand, you share your problem with a friend and they'll rip you out or take the piss out of you or there's that judgment and so then we don't do it. But that's not what's going to happen when you speak to one of these agencies. Well, I sure as hell hope not anyway. Now it's important to reach out for help and support when struggling with debt. These organisations and resources can provide valuable guidance and assistance in managing debt and improving financial well-being. In the coming weeks I'll be recording a podcast with a financial mentor. This will be helpful too. Save this email because I can assure you that unfortunately more people will need these details in the coming years. Have a good weekend. You are one of over 7,100 recipients and 14,600 monthly listeners. Did you know Kiwis spend 13 hours a month worrying about their money? That's Mercer's New Zealand Talent Trend Study. And someone messaged and said, fuck is that all? Only 13 hours a month. And this person is in quite a bit of debt. And... They've now got some resources that they can get in touch with to get on top of it. And they know that their situation uh, is going to take time and they, they know why they're in their situation. But until they create a plan and get the right people around them with the right education, it's going to be hard for them to make any progress. So don't be embarrassed. If you're in this situation, reach out to one of these organizations and if they're too busy, Try and find another one or ask them, is there somebody else more applicable that I could speak to? Try and have these brave conversations and even probe with some of your friends as well to make sure that they're doing all right because we'd hate to see 
any of our friends or acquaintances lose a life over money. It's just simply not worth it, right? And as hard as it can feel sometimes to be in a financial strain, there's always going to be people that want to see us get out of that situation and to remove some of this worry. That on average, Kiwis are spending 13 hours a month worrying about their money. Well, it doesn't help when your Kiwi saver's going backwards and your shares is is and banks are failing and stuff, right? But if this is you worrying because it's, hmm, how am I going to get out of debt or what's going to happen with my interest rate, etc., the antidote to anxiety, so some of that worry, is taking action. And it's so hard to do. I recorded a video recently that I put on Instagram explaining the four things that I would do if I was worried about money again. I'll see if I can play that for you now. So I would do in under a minute. So from the top, number one, I would write it down. I would write down my worry and get it out of my head and down onto paper. Then I'd write down some ideas around the things I could do to solve this. I might not be in the position to do that yet, but I would just write down the things that I could do to solve it. And then maybe, just maybe, I'll pick one of those things to do. Secondly, I want a cash map. Where the fuck is my money going and where is it disappearing to? I want to figure this out for the next month, two months, three months. Where is my cash going to go? What have I got coming in? What have I got going out? What pieces of this puzzle do I need to change? Number three, I want to build an emergency fund and I want to do this real quick and I don't want to take three months. I'm going to take all the unneeded shit that I have around my house and I'm going to sell it. Marketplace, my own Instagram. I'm going to drop my fucking ego. If people see me posting this, I don't care anymore. I need cash. I need to do something differently. Number four, I'm going to communicate this. I'm going to share this problem with someone. I'm going to tell my mum, my dad, my sister, my brother, my best friend, give this information to someone else and say, hey, come on this journey with me. Share this information. Get rid of worry. Boot the fucking thing to touch. Well, there you go. I needed a bloody drink after that, didn't I? Uh, that is an hour of, I mean, a minute of just absolutely talking at pace. But I hope that gives you a bit. I could do a whole podcast. I could do half an hour on that, like why it's that four steps. But I don't need to convince you of why that is, but that's literally what I would do. And it is built off a shit ton of things that I have studied. So very high level one, it's going to get it on paper and out of your brain. So you're going to have to eyeball it secondly you're going to need to learn to become someone different so then you're going to have to learn how to budget so you want to then feel like you're more in control with your finances you're obviously going to try and create some ideas back to the first point of how you could get out of this situation that's what we got taught at schools brainstorming was actually a really fucking useful concept that a lot of us have probably forgotten Uh, number three emergency fund well how the fuck are you going to build an emergency fund when you're struggling for cash that's why I'm like, let's just sell everything that you've got that you don't need. I think I saw a stat the other day from state insurance where they've got data on the a number of stuff that people have around their house. And it's like $3,500 with a sporting equipment in the average Kiwi house or something. You're like, well, who's using that? So there's always stuff around that we know that we don't need and we just have to drop our ego to actually sell it and get rid of it for talking to somebody else about it as well and then seeing if they can give us some accountability or just share that journey with them so they can see what you're doing and see if they can add any value for you as well. But it's going to make you have to accept that you may need to tell other people about this and therefore make you more likely to seek out help in the future as well. But that emergency piece is just trying to build some cash to learn a new skill that, ah, I can find a way to make a dollar. 
And then you might look at a, a side hustle. So a lot of these things are basically trying to open your brain to other ways of doing things. Now I hope that you are not caught in a big worry trap, but it is a very tricky time out there and I thought I would put together some resources to help people. I hope you've enjoyed that little insight as to into all the different things that are going on at the moment. There's a shitload of content that is coming your way in terms of podcasts. If there's something that speaks to you in these pods, please pay the karma back by chucking something on your social media, sharing a reel. The Instagram account for Keep the Change has reached 136,000 people in the last 30 days which is pretty cool. I've been spending my own money leading into the end of the financial year to get this content in front of more people. You'll notice that the Instagram following's gone from under 7,000 to now 11 and nearly 11 and a half. That's not a mistake. There's strategy in behind that. There's money going into that because I know that this content can help people. So we might as well get it in front of more people. And you can help me doing that, do that by leaving a review, even subscribing, sharing a reel, just doing something. I'm not asking for fucking the vanity of it. Put something that's helped you because you just don't know. It might help somebody else. That said, let's get out of here. See you on the next lesson. I can see you nigga hang with the door closed. Now I'm looking for a glove with a sparkle on it. And my CBD got chocolate on it. Big bank take small ass shit. Make a count on some tall ass shit. Attitude on some fuck you too. Bank roll on what it do, boo. Meet me at the roulette five. And if I ain't did it yet, I'll try. Big bank take low bite. Big bank take low bite. Type of money you gon' need to say. Type of money you gon' need to buy.